has ever been born on this planet those who have lived to a ripe old age and past as well as people who are just recently being born into this world maybe currently being born into this world if you are a mother or father and you are listening to the michael dupree variety hour in the delivery room as you were giving birth to your bouncing bubbling baby boy or girl send me a tweet at mike gives back and let me know and uh, maybe send me like a boomerang Twitter on, on Instagram of the kid like coming in, coming out, <laughs> coming in, coming out. And uh, let me know because that seems really exciting to me. The first thing that that child has heard once emerging from the beautiful canal is my voice or the voice of one of my guests on my radio or my podcast. I mean, that there could be no greater honor. And I, I think. You notice if you talk about, like, anything to do with, like, the vagina or, like, birth, giving birth, if you just say beautiful, like, you can say whatever you want. Like, like that woman had the most disgusting, beautiful vagina as she gave birth to that beautiful placenta-covered boy. See? That was PC. <laughs> we have a wonderful show planned for you guys today. You guys being gender neutral, you guys could be a lady, you guys could be a boy, you guys could be a purple, I don't care. <laughs> I don't see gender, I don't see color. Mm-hmm. We have, later on, we're going to be featuring Maud, oh, dang it, Maud Vanderclamp. She is the world's oldest burlesque dancer. I can't wait to speak with her and know about her past, her present, and her future. But first, and yes, that little you just heard was for artistic effect, but I can't guarantee the ones that you will hear in the future will be for artistic effect. But you'll see. We'll all see. And my first guest, who we'll be talking to in the first half of the show, speaking of which, before I introduce her, if you have never listened to the Michael Dupree Variety Hour before, the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is an arts showcase and comedy show where we feature local artists most of the time we've been featuring musicians and poets and and all that stuff hip hopmans and and rock and rollers and and uh, acoustic guitar singer songwriters and poets and slam poets and whatever you want to call it but today we are going to have our first ever multimedia mm, painter and drawer <laughs> and illustrator amongst many more her name is elena savard hello how are you doing elena i'm doing very well thank you for having me today thank you for being on the show <laughs> mm -hmm. so elena describe what it is that you do in the in regards to art well like you said i do multimedia art mm -hmm. um i work with a lot of candy and candy yep like butterfingers and warheads more like sprinkles mm. lots of sprinkles actually i imagine putting butterfingers <laughs> on like a putting butterfingers on a piece of paper would uh, yeah. not work out because it melt yep mm -hmm. well some of mine do melt at home <laughs> your sprinkles yeah well i've used like um what do you call them ring pops and stuff mm -hmm. like that and yeah the humidity will make them melt but i do a lot of that and um i use nature stuff too like soil and leaves. pine cones yeah mm. <laughs> pine cones so what um what why why do you use things like candy and and nature bits and stuff in your um, art well i like to use candy because it's um like a really nostalgic medium mm -hmm. like it brings back really good memories childhood and stuff like that and i like to um Kind of like pair it with more taboo subjects, like in regards to sexuality and stuff. Mm -hmm. I have a series called Strippers in Candyland. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, <laughs> I like that one too. Um, but yeah, I like the juxtaposition. What is uh, <laughs> what would you say is um, why what is the significance of using stuff that nostalgic like sprinkles and stuff from your childhood uh, as opposed to like 
um, like next to something sexual or political or something? Uh, why, why would you say that's, um, what are you trying to say with that? I guess. Um, well, I think it opens up people's minds easier. Like if they see sprinkles and then mm-hmm. they see my lady posted up on a pole mm-hmm. <laughs> as a lollipop. Maybe it's easier for people to handle, but yeah, I mean, I'm not too concerned about that. Still, yeah. But, but it's like, um, it, it's kind of like hearkening it back to like, um, challenging your innocence kind yeah. of thing. Would you say? Yeah. Neat. Neato burrito. <laughs> so you, um, have, how long have you been doing art for? Uh, like in all forms. Probably. Well, musically since high school, like, mm-hmm. you know, we were in choir together, but um, as far as painting and stuff goes, I started probably in like 2014. Mm-hmm. So I'm still pretty new at it, and everything I've done is self-taught too. So mm-hmm. you never I'm like learning every went day. Put on your backpack and like <laughs> braided up your hair and went on the campus and no. had someone tell you about <laughs> Da Vinci. <laughs> You're just like I'm just gonna. What made you want to start? What made you? What inspired you to start doing art? Um. It was just kind of like that itch, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. after you, after you're creative in anything, I feel like you have that itch. You feel like you need to do yeah. something, or you go like nuts. <laughs> the first time you like, um, kind of started painting something, kind of started experimenting with uh, your style. Like were you like, oh, I'm making art now, or you're just like, I'm just gonna play around with like a canvas or or paper or whatever. Yeah, it was more playing around with things I had around me and. Mm-hmm. It just, it really helps me day by day, I think. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, so when you, like, do you keep, like, when you're, when, to, when you go to, like, paint something or, or put a piece together, do you go out and, like, um, go to the store and think, I'm going to use these materials, or do you just buy a bunch of stuff and... Um. Not really. Like I said, like I use more things that I have around me, and mm-hmm. I kind of build ideas off of that. You just got sprinkles laying around. <laughs> I buy them <laughs> in bulk now. But <laughs> <laughs> Do you use sprinkles in like a lot of your a lot of your pieces? Yeah, I would say like more than half mm-hmm. for sure. What what would you call them? Do you call them pieces? Do you call them? Uh, uh, I call them subjects. Yeah, pieces art works. Works. <laughs> Does it feel feel weird like call, saying what you do is art? Um, not it like, does sometimes. Yeah, like, like, I'm an artist, you know? Yeah, I do feel weird saying that just yeah. because I don't really have training. But yeah. At the same time, I mean, I guess that doesn't neither matter, did, too. Neither did uh, uh, Jesus. <laughs> and he's <laughs> an artist, true. artist of physics. <laughs> so I wouldn't feel too worried about it. Thank you. So um, you have, so you've been doing it since 2014. You've been, you've been at it. You've been on your grind since oh, yeah. 2014. Uh, how would you feel say that you have grown as an artist since then? Um, well, I definitely like allow myself more freedom. Like mm-hmm. I was definitely, I want to say, more tense in the beginning. Like I wasn't sure what I could do, so I kind of like kept like it. what boundaries you could push, yeah, or like what exactly. would even look good. Right, and now that I I'm getting more experience, like I'm kind of like opening up. Like, hey, maybe I'll start doing some sculptures. Mm-hmm. Or, stuff more like that did you um when you were first starting did you kind of um were you like really planning things out a lot like how does your process go now as compared to when you started um Um, when you sit down you're like i'm gonna do something is it free flowy or is you like kind of plan something out before yeah because when i first started it was kind of i was kind of anxious in a way just because like oh I don't know my voice yet yeah I don't really know like what to do but yeah now it's more like and you're trying to establish yourself so it's like or if if you want to share it with someone it's like this is what they're gonna think my voice is and you might have to like stick with that kind of thing yeah so now it's more like you kind of have found your voice yeah and with that like more freedom and Mm -hmm. more avenues open up too so speaking of avenues opening up, you have been featured in like a handful of art shows. Let's talk about those a little bit. Your first one that you did was last year on like February, I uh, think. Yeah, February. Uh, Venus, Venus Rising. So yep. tell me a little bit about that. What was that? Um, Venus Rising is an all women's art exhibition. Mm-hmm. Usually it goes on at the Tangents, put on by Fancy Pants. 
fan. <laughs> yeah, art. <and laughs> I, th- I thought you were like first like insulting. The, it's put on by some fancy pants art. <laughs> that would be awful. <laughs> I was like, geez, hold on, Elena. That, no, they're not... really great people. Yeah. Um, they do it every year. So, and some of the proceeds go to the Alternatives for Girls Foundation. I hope I said that right. Mm-hmm. So it's a really great event. So, uh, what was it like being at your like at your first art? That was at the Tangent Gallery, yeah. right? Yeah. What was it like, like? being somewhere where there was like your art was on the wall and it was so crazy other like (laughs) probably like well-established artists and like people that you probably respected a lot were there it's so crazy because i've been to the tangent before you know just personally and Mm -hmm. being there and like oh where's my art looking around the corners like and then seeing it was really awesome Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like um at that moment were you kind of like hey like i'm good enough to be in a gallery like (laughs) um do you do you reach out to galleries to like ask them to be in? Yeah, up there? I'll see um, like the call for art on Facebook and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and um, that's usually how I go. Mm-hmm. So, um, you what? What were some other uh, art exhibitions and galleries and shows and stuff you've been um, involved in? Some of your favorites. My latest um, was Out for Art, mm-hmm. and that was the second year um, I was invited back to that one. That mm-hmm. one was really awesome. It was a showcase of. 20 artists Mm -hmm. and they had like photography photographers um a whole bunch of people sculpture people and it was just amazing to be back there what was the uh, what's the purpose of that particular um what what's kind of like the mm, what's the word or the what's the point of that one well that one is like more of a showcase where Uh venus rising was like you submit and then you're on the wall and you know you go see your stuff but Mm -hmm. at outfart you have a table and people come up to you and talk to you about like what they see in your art so that's really interesting like people will give a whole different perspective on a piece that i didn't even like see and i was Mm -hmm. like wow it's cool to have like an artist like talk about their stuff yeah um so that was uh i mean that that i I saw i didn't get to make it to that one there but there was like um it was crowded in there what was it kind of like what was it like kind of uh trying to talk to people and about your art in like a room full of people and trying to say like i don't know what was that experience like um well i was at the detroit historical museum Mm -hmm. so right there it's just like wow i mean the detroit crazy yeah venue Um, but yeah, like I said, it's just nuts to have people come up to you and like give you their perspective on your art. And mm-hmm. like you said, it was like crowded in there. So it was like tons m- of people. Was it, mo- it was mostly like positive. Like, oh yeah, for sure. Here's what I think about this. Yeah. You didn't have anyone <laughs> being like, that's a stupid, well, a I stupid had, concept. I had one person come up cause I had an adventure time painting that I did. Mm-hmm. And he was like giving me his opinion on all of his favorite and not favorite cartoons. <laughs> I'm like, oh. like, yeah, Angry Beavers, I'd say, is top three. He didn't like regular show. I'm like, what? Uh, regular show's a good show. Yeah. That's weird. It's like, I don't like regular show. I don't, not a really big fan of Ren and Stimpy. They're like, okay. I'm like, yeah, right on. <laughs> so, um, when, what are, what would, what are some, uh, plans that you have in the future, like this year, next year for, uh, do you want to do a lot more shows? Yeah, um, I'm thinking in August, at the end of August, I think it's the 26th, um, Hazel Park Art Fair. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get into that. So. Neat burrito. Yep. <laughs> Do you ever think about, like, touring around the, the country or that the, the cool. region, like, showing off your pieces? That would be sweet. So, um, that would be sweet, like your artwork is, because they're candy and stuff. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You can put that as a tagline, endorsed by Michael Dupree on your website. So, in addition to um, multimedia art pieces, uh, you do uh, furniture customization and clothing as well. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, I do custom shoes. I paint Mm -hmm. on shoes. That's Um, a little rude. Do you ask first? (laughs) I do. I do Mm -hmm. get consent first, so no worries. (laughs) So, you you paint on shoes? Yep. Um, Mostly, like, icing and sprinkles. (laughs) I think they're really cool. (laughs) Like, uh, how do you put icing on shoes? Well, and not keep, like, it's not really like oh, you're painting. Just, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, you well because like yeah, you put sprinkles on your pieces, but yeah. you're you're imitating sprinkles on the shoes. It would be cool to get into like polymer clay and actually like mold, mold onto it. Them. Yeah, maybe in the future. That's Something an idea. To think about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, how did when did you start doing that, and what kind of made you want to start doing that um, kind of stuff? I did that after the last Alpha Art Show. Well, not the last one, but the first one Art. Out for art one, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. After that, I just started getting a bunch of ideas, 
um, mm-hmm. having people come up to me and stuff. And also looking to like branch out because I know not everybody wants to buy like canvases to put on their Print. wall. Right. Yeah, people want like shoes and like lamps that I do too and just trying to branch out. Mm-hmm. So um, you also do uh, furniture customization too? Yep. Um, like what kind of furniture? Like um, you're not going to go to my house <laughs> and paint all over my like my, my couch. Only if you want me to, Michael. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't think I do. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw, like, the kind of, I don't want to call it paper mache, but they're, like, thin paper crepe lamps. Yeah, yeah, Ikea like the tall, like, yeah. pillar kind of yeah, cylindrical. Yeah, I like to paint on those. They're really, that's a cool And that, like, cool light medium. shines through, and yeah. it can make the light, the room light seem different. Yep. Mmm. <laughs> so you can save money on bulbs. <laughs> Reach out to Elena if you are, if your budget for bulbs, colored bulbs is just too ridiculous. Cause <laughs> I those, got you covered. those burn out fast, faster than you think. Cause they're like setting an ambience in your room. You don't want to turn it off. So then you're just going through like multicolored bulbs, like, like hotcakes. Expensive. Yeah. So Come if you want to just I'll spend you your money on some incandescents, like go to the, so you don't have to go to like the the novelty department stores anymore. <laughs> just get some regular incandescents and reach out to Elena, and she'll paint on the lampshade. <laughs> I got you. Don't gotta, we don't got to worry about that anymore. <laughs> Lucky you. So, Elena, you um, you you've been doing art since you were 2014. <laughs> since oh, yeah. you were living in 2014, um, what are some other forms of uh, uh of expression, the artistic expression that you have that you um, utilize? I have a banjo lately. I like to pick on <laughs> a banjo lately. <laughs> when did you start playing that? Uh, well, my brother bought me a ukulele in, I want to say, like, 2008 or 2009, mm-hmm. so. Back in the, back, in, back the in the, back to our old ways, back in the old days. Oh, yeah. Yep, back in the old 20, 20 zero zeros, zeros. <laughs> Those were different times. They were. So you were playing, you were playing the uke back then, and you're like, this thing doesn't have enough stuff going on. on <laughs> I gotta get me a banjo lately. Yeah. <laughs> Regular is not enough. What's uh, <laughs> what's what do you like more about? Do you like the banjo lately more than the uke- regular old ukulele? Um, or you just I that's mean, what you're feeling diff- it right now. It's a different sound. Yeah, yeah it's like a for sure. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, banjo lately is a really cool sounding instrument. If you've never heard it before, Elena, then <laughs> 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 then you should, you really should it figure it cool. out. Mm-hmm. So you you but you were um always singing back yeah, back in the day for sure doing doing choir and stuff. Um, what is it about um, any sort of expression, whether it be creating art through a canvas to creating art through customizing furniture or clothing mm-hmm. uh, to music um, that you need to well, like how, why does it uh, satiate you? Um, it's all about like optimism for me and mm-hmm. progression knowing that like if you stick to something you know you're gonna get better at it and mm-hmm. something while you will always give you comfort um when you uh when you're passionate about it and you mm-hmm. put yourself into it i think that's really important because if you keep thinking like man i want to be a good writer i really want to write and right. be a good writer and stuff um it's like you can do it like it drives yeah. me crazy people are like Oh, I wish I could paint. I'm like, but you can. I yeah. used to be that person. Well, Just I mean, anyone <laughs> can. Anyone can paint. Anyone can sing. Anyone yeah. can dance. Whether or not you're like good at it when you start, I mean, no one's gonna be good at it when you start. For sure. I've never done something before. Like, I know people that are say like, oh, I I can't. When I tell them I do improv comedy, they're like, oh, I wish I could do that. Like, I, I'm not I'm not funny when I go on stage. But it's like. Well, of course you're not. You never did it before, you yeah. ding dong. You big old, you big old bag of beans. <laughs> as long as you're willing to learn and try at it, for sure, you're you're gonna get better. So, have you ever gotten any like weird commissions, like people saying like, "Hey, will you like paint my cat?" or anything like that? <laughs> not yet, but I'm no? open to all of it. So. You're open to everything. <laughs> yeah, I'll do okay. anything. <laughs> so, someone comes up to you, right? All right, you're let me level with you. Okay, you're sitting at your desk. You know, I just. You're surfing the web, right? You're, you're, what, what's your favorite website? What's your favorite website in the whole world? Um, I don't 
really go on websites. Oh, Elena, okay. Instagram. You're on Instagram. You're surfing Instagram <laughs> on your computer, even though you can't post on Instagram on, on desktop. They're really like they, they cracked down. They're like, I am a mobile, mobile app. Only. You can look at us, we but you can't touch you. if you're on your desktop. Right. And it's like you gotta respect it, I guess. Gotta respect it. Anyway, so you're surfing through Instagram on your on your PC, uh, like a ding dong, and you're you're sitting there, and then all of a sudden, bloop, 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 you get a Skype. You get a Skype. I am right. You recently downloaded Skype on your phone on your computer. Do you have Skype on your computer? I do. Oh, so you you know what's up. You I, got you yep. got the IMs. Yep. Bloop, bloop, bloop. You know, it's like oh, unrecognized contact, and they're like, hi, I would like you. I know you're an artist. I know you do commissions. And you said, well, you could email. And they say, no, I want to, I want you to come to my house and I want you to paint my brother. All right. I want you to paint him from head to toe before he wakes up. Before he wakes up. And I need it to be as permanent as possible. In that situation, you don't have the consent of the person that you're painting on. But they're offering you $10,000 and you have the consent of an immediate family member. That's okay. So you're going to do it. Yeah, but I'm bringing my own bodyguard in case things go. Your bodyguard? Yeah. You got to prepare yourself. Do you have like a bodyguard like on call? My brother. Oh, (laughs) he's a tall boy. He is. And he's got big hands. Yes. So if anyone wanted to arm wrestle with him, because that's how I figure (laughs) things like that go. Like you hire a bodyguard and the person that you're trying to be protected from very well could have a bodyguard too. Because that's the world we're living in today. Yeah. And you know what? If everyone had a bodyguard, <laughs> then, like, <laughs> no one would ever get beat up, right? Cause it's like some people have bodyguards and other people get beat up. But it's like, it's like I don't think we should have bodyguard regulations. <laughs> it's just if everyone had one on them at all times, then no one would be going around and throwing their bodyguards at people. Something you know? Like, people walking, around, walking into, like, a, a big open big mall with a bunch of people in it like they're not gonna be as quick to like be having their bodyguard go around and beat everyone up right because everyone else's bodyguards i don't know it's something i think about a lot (laughs) anyway so you bring your bodyguard Mm -hmm. uh in this situation your brother and you go there and they have a bodyguard obviously they have to have like they have to bring like a table you know so they can set it up real quick set up set up the brother set up the arm you got an arm wrestle on a table. Oh, you can't right. Just do it in yeah. midair. Wait. So, <laughs> Matt, see, I, I still haven't got a bodyguard yet, so I'm not. And I haven't had any bodyguard classes. So, like, when you have a bodyguard and they have a bodyguard, do they automatically have to arm wrestle? Or is it like a situation where it's like you get into an argument with the bodyguard guarded and <laughs> then your bodyguards have to arm wrestle? Um, they just have to be prepared at all times to arm wrestle. Okay. No matter what. Okay. That's fair. That's just a requisite. So you get there. You get to the uh, location, and the person says, here's my brother. He's already naked for you. Um, well, because you got to paint him from head to toe. You can't paint him head to toe if he's got clothes on. And that would be irresponsible for them to expect you, the artist, to do the dirty work and clean it off. You know. And you notice that the guy who's being painted is Barack Obama, mm. former president of the United States, uh, 44. Um, 44th president of the United States. Um, were you were you old enough to to know him? Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. He uh, is sleeping, and he has bodyguards, obviously, um, bigger than your bodyguards. Well, not not any one of them is bigger than your bodyguard, but as a whole combined, combined yeah. they are bigger. But they too have consented to allowing you to uh, paint on the former president of the United States of America, Barack Obama, and um, the. Uh, the brother is his brother who lives in Nigeria, who uh, supports Donald Trump. You right. heard about him, yeah, right? Oh he's yeah. ste- well, I was going to bring that up. His stepbrother? That's his, he's yeah, his stepbrother, it's, right? It's no, it's half brother. It's half brother. Yes, his half brother, Barack Obama's half brother, who's in a feud with him, like a celebrity feud currently. Right. <laughs> and, and, and and you know he's there, and he's the one who called you, and he says, "I want you to paint on my brother." Are you still going to do it? He's the one who's given me consent to do it. The brother. Yeah, but. Barack Obama's sleeping. He's sleeping. He could be 
not consent to sleeping. You don't know oh. what he did. You know well, the, the the special the special security guys. The so what uh, does he still have Secret Service guys with him after I he becomes president? I think he does for life, doesn't he? Does he? For like a long time. The peanut farmer still has social has still has <laughs> Secret Service guys. He might. My tax dollars know. are going towards <laughs> towards following around a peanut farmer. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Jimmy Carter, you need to hurry it up here because (laughs) you need to hurry it up because I pay too much in taxes to to keep your old ass alive, right? It's like, I don't even, mm, no, I'm not paying to keep anybody alive. (laughs) Like, if my significant other, like, is put into a coma, right, I'm like, don't even worry about it. Like, I'm not paying to keep this going. Like, so I'm not, if I'm not doing that, uh, like, or, 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 you know what, like, because I'm cheap, you know? I'm not keeping Jimmy Carter alive. You gotta be cheap nowadays. He better only have one special, like, one guy who comes around. Because no one's trying to kill Jimmy Carter. No one even remembers Jimmy Carter is, like, alive. Anyone trying to kill him is like, oh, Jimmy Carter was assassinated today. It's like, great. Well, who cares? Anyway, back to the <laughs> situation. You are face-to-face with a fully nude Barack Obama. And do you do you decide that? Hey, I, I gotta say no. You're saying no because if he didn't say yeah, then that's touchy. But you went over there knowing that the brother hadn't said yes. Like you knew oh, yeah, the right. brother. You you agreed to this already. So why does why I does that I agreed to go? Over well, well, you I, gotta remember this. Well, these I things. got the sight, you know, and I can say that. So you got the what? I got the sight. I saw him. Yeah, I saw him naked. That's that's okay. You. So you're going to go back <laughs> on your word as an artist when you said but you were going to... I can't gonna, reproduce it. You can't what? I can't reproduce the image in front of me. Yeah, because you couldn't take a picture of it and post it online. Right. Because, <laughs> I mean, even if you could legally do that, like, someone would get you for it. Someone would. Someone would be mad at you. Someone would have their bodyguard arm wrestle your bodyguard. And if your bodyguard lost and they would become his bodyguard and that then it would so be a mess it would be a mess you wouldn't have then you wouldn't have a bodyguard right. and then anyone could just beat have their bodyguard beat you up oh man bodyguard etiquette is rough <laughs> mm. so you wouldn't paint on that naked former number 44 no, I wouldn't. of the united states wow good for you thank you good for you is there any former president whose body uh naked or otherwise you would paint on no None former, none current. No, uh, no, no, no peanut farmers. No, no, no. What about deceased presidents? No. Like if Richard Nixon's body was just in front of you. Oh man. You were at home. You said you use things that are around your house. Yes. Right. Just, so, just laying around. Yep. Well, so you're you're sitting there. You're 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 doing your little art, right? <laughs> you're you're putting together a piece, and uh, you you reach over and you get a fistful of Nixon's dick, right? You're like, whoops. Who put that there? I mean, are you are you gonna search around for your sprinkles, or are you gonna be I like? Might. I think sprinkles would be good with that. Yeah. It's a good like duality. You know? Yeah, it's like Nixon's dick and like like a couple of blow pops, <laughs> you know, like surrounding it at, for like size comparison. That's a good idea. That's your f- could be your first sculpture. Yeah. Mm. Ceramics, here I come. Here I come. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show with us, Elena. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. We are going to take a brief break, and when we come back, we are going to have the oldest living burlesque dancer in the planet and on it. Um, I don't know where she lives. She could live inside the Earth's crust or the mantle or fuck, what's underneath the mantle, the super mantle and uh, the dismantle and <laughs> the undermantle and then the core. And we are going to have Maud Vanderclamp on the show after we take this very, very, very brief break. Be right back.
to the Michael Dupree Variety Hour with your ghost, Michael Dupree. Man, that would be thrilling if I talked like that for the whole second half of this program. Uh, if I only had the guts. If I only had the guts. I'm sitting here, sitting across the table from Elena Savard, multimedia artist and more. Did you enjoy your break, Elena? I did. Mmm. Did you eat anything? I ate a granola bar. Mmm. <laughs> delicious. What was on it? And Peanut in butter it. morsels. Peanut butter morsels? Wow. Any Better. oats? Lots of oats. Yes. Of course. Great. Oats are a good fiber. Very good. I need more oats. Need to be more regular. Mm-hmm. Broccoli is good for that. Is it? Lots Too of broccoli. Too bad I hate broccoli. Really? I'm not... I don't like broccoli. Maybe... Maybe it's time for me to try again. But, like, every time I have it, I'm always just, like, I always do that, like, eh, you know? You got to roast it in the oven. Ro- mm, maybe that would be a good way to do it. Every time I had it, it's always, like, blanched. Ugh, yeah. yeah. Anything blanched isn't uh. good. Like, except for maybe asparagus, because I could eat asparagus, like, anyway. Or green beans. Green beans, yep. Green beans are good. But broccoli is no, so pungent. It gets mu- mushy. It gets mushy, and it's, like, pungent. Brussels sprouts, too, are, like, so good roasted. But, like, yes. any other way, it's like, get them out of here, dog. Right. Get them out. Get them out of here, dog. <laughs> but we are also joined and honored to be sitting upon and next to, <laughs> you guess which one of us is sitting upon, a Miss Maud Vanderclamp. She is the world's oldest living burlesque dancer. How is it going, Maud? Hello. Hi, Maud. Michael. Very good to have you on the show. I'm glad to be here. You were able to make it in okay? Yes. How did you get here? I, you, I know you can't drive anymore. You're How well, old are you? Well. Uh, a, a, uh, a range. I don't want to. You don't need. I know a, a lady never tells. Let's just say I was around for the First World War. Oh, so uh, you were around. So let's assume you were born on the last day of World War One. All right. Let's just say that. That would make you over a hundred years old. Thereabouts, yes, Michael. Mm. Would it make you over a hundred? I don't remember when World War Two ended. Now that I think about it, but yeah, let's say, let's say I was born in 1917. Okay, the cat's out so of the bag. So you're 100 years old today. Today, that's wow. right. Today is my 100th birthday. <laughs> you're you're you're, spe- you're spending it here on the Michael the Pre-Variety Hour. Wow. I couldn't be more honored. I couldn't be more honored. The honor's all mine, and the privileges. So thank you so much for being on the show here for your your 100th birthday, Maud. And so tell me a little bit about 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 the old days, about what got you into burlesque dancing. What What is burlesque dancing for those who might not know what it is or have only heard of it? Well, burlesque dancing, you see, back in the uh, old-timey days, mm-hmm. uh, there was in the 20s and 30s and earlier... Uh, there were there was such a thing. Uh, there was a vaudeville, which was like a family friendly performance, mm-hmm. and then there were the naughty shows. Bow, bow. Yes, and I did the naughty shows. Ooh. Um, it's it's dancing with fans, and long fans like 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 the keep you cool fans or like fans like people who are fans or like appreciate your performances. Well, that actually, it, both. Uh, well, not electric fans, but just a fun feather fans. Feather fans. To hide your naughty bits and Ooh. and also fans in the audience, of course. <laughs> okay. You have a lot of fans? <laughs> well, most of them are dead now. Yes, I imagine so. Um, so you, what what entails a burlesque performance, like from beginning to end? What, 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 what would you say happens? Well, it, in my day, uh, what would happen was uh, my mother would push me on stage. I was thirteen. At when a burlesque I show? Oh, oh yes. Oh, there was a there were like uh, diva moms back then, huh? Yes, uh, my mother uh, wanted to be in show business, but she was too ugly, oh. um, and also just untalented. So yeah. she had me. <laughs> yeah, and I looked. Uh, I I developed early. And, uh, 13. Ripe old age. Yes. And, uh, you know, no one asked too many questions about age back in those days. Nope. Don't uh, ask, don't tell. That's exactly right. 
And uh, so my mother would, uh, she'd say, Maud, you get on stage and you make us some money. And I'd cry. And I'd be in a, in a, in a tight little dress. <laughs> and, I, and I would, uh, my mascara would start to run. And my mother would say, now you stop that or I'll hit you. And so I stopped. And then I went on stage. Mm. And I began to dance. Very romantic. Yes. So... You, you love. I assume you loved the business when you first started. Oh no, I I hated it. I oh. I was being forced into it by my mother. Oh, doesn't seem like it. Well, I grew to love it. Over time, um, it became like a second. The burlesque folk mm-hmm. became like my family. Yeah, they they treated you well. I imagine like they wanted you to be happy in your position. Oh oh yes, they were very supportive and very very flattering. Mm. Um, and they didn't hit me like my mother. Oh, that's very nice. Uh, what about the clientele? Were they were they nice and supportive, like the the fans? Well, I mean, the, they were just very they were very enthusiastic, and I mean, nowadays the culture is you know a little different. You you can't uh, drag a girl off a stage and make her sit in your lap. But back then, that was you know that was the highest compliment you could give a lady. Yeah. Nowadays, it's not. Uh, it's a very. It's harder to find these days. Well, I think it's considered insulting now. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I'm not a woman. I I can't speak to that. Now I just wish a man would yank me onto his lap. I couldn't pay one to. <laughs> Elena, how would you feel if a man just yanked you onto their lap? I would not feel okay with that. See, it's a different time. <laughs> different time. Different. Different strokes for different folks, <laughs> as they say. Um. So. If okay, when you st- what made what made you want to stay in the burlesque biz? Because you, you, I imagine that once you hit the ripe old age of eighteen, uh, your mom no longer really had a say over what you did aut- autonomously. Um, so what, what what did you do when you turned eighteen? Well, when I turned eighteen, I well I kept on dancing because I by that time I had grown to love it. Yeah, um, that's all you knew how to do. That exactly. Um, and you know, by that time, I I developed quite a fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, again, fan I'm talking about in the audience, yes. not the fans that we used. But you probably had a big base of those too. I uh, I did. I had custom made fans. Wow. Um, that were actually. It's funny that your uh, your first guest mentioned like candy. Mm-hmm. I had I had candy fans. Candy fans. Mm-hmm. Like fans. Like okay, now I'm confused. Are we talking about the people who were? fans of candy in your audience who were fans of you as well or are you talking about fans that you would use to keep yourself cool that were made of candy as well no i'm talking about the fans that i used to do my dances okay i would i had a i had one fan made solely of licorice Mm -hmm. and i would use it and i would swing it around and dance my little dance and then sometimes at the end i take a little bite right out of it oh that is sexy Mm mm-hmm was it was it hard candy? It was licorice. Oh, how would licorice work as far as making candy, being a fan? Well, you have to you have to have a lot of pieces of licorice, and you just mm, kind of push them together, kinda. and then you secure them at the base of the fan. Man. It's a lot of licorice. And There's oh. a sculpture idea too. Yeah. Wow. So, um, when you so you turned eighteen, and you're did you did you keep giving your mother money for your burlesque dances, or did you cut her off after that? Well, I loved my mother very much, uh, and I said, uh, listen, Mom, I, you can't, the old days are over, you can't hit me, but I'll put you up in a home, and, uh, just, uh, if, I'll give you an allowance, and I need you to, you know, just be nice, and Mm -hmm. she, she said, you shut your dirty mouth. I'll <laughs> do what I want. And and then I said, all right. Um, so, I, so I had to cut her out of my life. Wow. Yeah. Did you ever speak to her again after that? No. Never? You, do you even know what happened to her after that? Well, I assume she's dead by now. Yes. Wow. So you really never, you completely cut off contact. Oh, yes. Wow. I, I had to, to um, save myself, really. Save yourself? What do you think she would have done? Well, she would have kept beating me oh. and making me cry, and my mascara would have just kept on running. Kept on running. Did your mascara ever stop running until then? 
Well, no, not when I would cry. They didn't have waterproof mascara back then. Ugh, different times. Poof, I can't imagine. So, um, fast forward a little bit. That was, uh, you said that was when you turned 18, uh, so about five years after, that would have made that t- 1922. Fast forward to the end of World War II. 1945. Uh, oh, all right. Mm-hmm. So that's, you're, you're in your, uh, what do you say, your 40s, late 30s? Yeah, I, I would It'll say I would 30s. have turned, uh, wait. 22 and then 45. Four, yeah, no, yeah, you No, would, I would have only been, oh, I my math skills are not what they used to be, Michael, but um, I think I would have been 30 in 1947. 30? Yes, that I yes, I was 30 in 1947. That's right. That's oh, the year I got Oh, cuz you were born in ma- 1917. I was confused. Okay, my math skills are off. No, you're fine. I, that's the year I got married to Lou. Lou? That's right. Who's Lou? Oh, well, he was my first husband. First husband. Yeah, I got married late for the time. How did you meet him? Well, <laughs> oddly enough, he was he had seen me dance. Oh, he was a fan. Yes, he started ones out. Ones that watch, not ones that... that keep no, playing. not one that I used in my shows. That yes. would have been ridiculous. Yes. You can't use a human being as a fan. Wow. Oh. <laughs> mm, I don't know what kind of burlesque shows you're putting on, but I've seen very different ones. Anyway, so you met him at one of your burlesque shows. He was a, he was a fan. Yes, he was a great fan. Um, and he would he would scream at me from the front row every show would say hey hey baby take it off you're the best (laughs) romantic and i and you know at first i thought what what a rude gentleman but after a a rude gentleman yes but after a while i was like you know there's something about that guy he's got a point i should take it off and he kept saying you're the best and no one had ever said that to me Because other burlesque dancers were better than you. No, I was great. <laughs> but, but no one ever told you that at that point. Well, people are jealous. Oh. I mean, you know, it, my mother was very mean and said horrible things. And I, I think, you know, once you get that in your head as a child, you just, you kind of carry that with you. Mm-hmm. So no matter what someone says, even if they say nice things like, well, that you look good in you know paisley you know you don't believe it yeah. but but when lou just kept yelling you're the best and then take it off you know eventually it broke through <laughs> so it broke it, it it uh pierced your brain and uh so you married him right off or uh did you kind of date for a little bit do you see each other for a while well i was seeing several gentlemen mm-hmm. uh because i just wanted to mm-hmm. um freedom I, well yes freedom of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, uh, and eventually, uh, I, well, I I just forgot about some of the other men. And mm. Lou was just so aggressive that I just couldn't forget about him. Aggressive in a good way or aggressive in a bad way? Well, uh, I mean, it worked for me. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend, in general, I mean, I, I think uh, aggression isn't maybe the best tactic to court a woman, but in my case, you know, a sheer persistence paid off. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would come to my house, and I'd be like, Lou, get out of here. I, this is scaring me. And he'd say, I'm not leaving until you marry me. <laughs> and he did that for three years. <laughs> he stayed there in th- for three years, or he kept... Oh, oh, yes, he built a little tree house outside <laughs> my apartment. Wow. So he really was persistent. Oh, yes. And eventually it just kind of worked for you? Or were you always kind of... You always kind of knew that you wanted to marry him, but you were trying to play hard to get. Oh, no, I didn't know at all that I wanted to marry him or even know him or talk to him. He just kept yelling at me until I gave in. Wow. Uh, Yeah. How romantic. So, yes, we married, and that was a fun day. Uh, The the marriage lasted a day, or the day you got married was fun? Oh, our wedding was fun. Our marriage lasted a decade. Oh, okay. And then he dropped dead of a heart attack. So what? Tell me about the day of the wedding. Like, what? What was so special about that day? Other than, like, what was that day like? Well, it was a beautiful June afternoon, mm-hmm. and it was an outdoor wedding. Yeah, and and a bunch of the other dancers in my company 
were my bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. And we all had a choreographed dance. Wow. Yes. Um, when, did, when did you do the dance? And what was the dance? Well, Lou was, uh, well, Lou and I walked down the aisle. Together. Well, I had no father to give me away, oh. so Lou actually both gave me away and then married me, which is unorthodox. But it did just, he walk down the aisle first and then come back? Yes. And then, okay. He actually he put on like a he put on like a wig, and <laughs> and and a beard to look fatherly, and and then would walk me down the aisle. He walked me down the aisle as my father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. And then he ripped off the wig and the beard. Did everyone gasp? Yes. <laughs> they were shocked. Yes, they did. It's like you were there. Wow. Anyway, and so then after the minister, he said, I now pronounce you husband and wife. And Lou said, yeah. And then and then that was the cue for the dance to begin. And, uh, well, and me and my, uh, my, my girlfriends, we all went in formation. I had a rip-away wedding dress. <laughs> and my girls had uh, just rip-away bridesmaid dresses. Right. And we were all wearing like a slinky little uh, leotards. Mm-hmm. And we all had uh, our own big old fan. And we just did a dance. So your wedding was like Mamma Mia. A little a little bit. Wow. I've seen that film. It's very good. Wow. I like ABBA a great deal. Yeah, I <laughs> imagine you would. Yes. So uh, once, once Lou kicked the bucket... Uh, as you as you would say, uh, one would say. Well, I didn't say that. Well, I said he died of a heart attack. He <laughs> dropped dead of yeah, a heart attack. Yeah, he, he dropped dead of a heart attack. It was about the same amount of elegance in the, in your description. Thank you. Uh, so once Lou once Lou uh, uh, croaked, you um, how that would have been 1955, um, right around there. No, I was married in 1947, so he dropped dead right on the floor in 1957. 1957, the Mm -hmm. same anniversary of your wedding? Yes. Wow, insane. It was very traumatic. Wow. So uh, 1957, almost the the 60s, the roaring 60s. Um, What, and by that point, I I don't think burlesque dancing was... uh, accepted or was something that people did a lot. Uh, what was the culture around burlesque dancing at that time? Well, at that point, I mean, I don't think people really, I mean, it had died out, and, and I was certainly too old to be involved in that racket anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was 40, and I couldn't kick like I used to. Right. And uh, so I, you know, uh, Lou died, and... He croaked. Yes. And... Uh, I had to figure something out. You stopped burlesque dancing. Well, of course, I had stopped. I'd had I'd had several children by that point. I'd oh, had, really? Yes, I'd had three children. Wow. So I had to raise them. So what did you start doing instead? I started doing um, palm readings. Palm readings. Yes. Oh, what when, what made you feel qualified to do that? I can read palms. No, oh, you've always been able to. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ever since you've always known this. About yeah, yourself. I just I'm very I'm. Just very tuned into the spiritual world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also I, I can read your astrology charts, <laughs> and I can um, I can sense your aura and tell you uh, just how to realign it, your chakras, or or tell you you know, hey, you have a ghost on your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have a ghost on my shoulder right now? Oh, no. No, you don't. Okay. You have, uh, in fact, I've never seen anyone with so little sort of activity around them. Uh, spiritual activity? Yes. Wow. You seem devoid of all spirituality. That, that surprises me because I think, about, I think about church sometimes. Well, church has, I mean, church is one thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about things greater than this world. You don't need a church for that. You don't need a church to know your God. Jay-Z. 2011. So I don't know who you're referring to. He's a he's a multi-platinum recording artist. He's a poet. So oh. um, what what do your palms tell about you? Like not you specifically, but what does one's palms tell about them? Well, it just tells you, hey, uh, you're gonna have a good situation or you're gonna have a bad situation. In general, like mm-hmm. your palms that you have since birth will tell you that? Oh, yes. It'll give you, it's a roadmap to your life. 
so you're kind of working yourself out, out of a job when you're palm reading because you i mean there's only a finite amount of people in the world and there's only only so many palms you can read can you have a returning person come and get their palms read again well i don't just do palm readings i also do tarot cards and mm. astrology charts and i just said i can uh, realign your chakras oh that's very nice mm-hmm. well can you read my palm and tell me what mine says uh i yes well, I'd be happy to. All right, here's my hand. All right. Oh, boy. Hmm. Oh, oh, boy. Well, everything's going to go okay, okay? <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, no, you know what? I'm tired. Wait, what are you talking about? I, you know, and my eyesight is not what it used you to be. You pushed my hand away violently as if it was, like, on fire. Uh, yeah, just don't, just make the best of your time. What okay. does that mean? Just, uh, live... It live for today because, well, just don't worry about after today. What are you? Well, okay, is something gonna happen to me? Am I gonna die soon? Uh, Michael, uh, uh, sir, I, I don't, I don't. Uh, Please call me Michael. Uh, Michael, I, uh, you're asking a lot. I mean, I, I just, I don't want to say what I saw because I'm afraid, you know, you won't be able to handle it and it will become a self fulfilling prophecy. My kidneys hurt. Uh, yeah, that's the first symptom. Mm-hmm. First symptom of what? Uh, nothing. It just means, ha- I mean, it's a nice day out. So go just maybe ta- have a picnic after this and just really make sure to call your loved ones. Okay. Well, I'll just take your word for it then. That that seems like a good idea. For no particular reason? I mean, after this uh, interview, you might want to get yourself to a hospital. <laughs> um, if there's one nearby. You can tell that by looking at my palm? Oh, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Is it because of bad choices I've made or just that's just I my just destiny? Think, well, it's of course there's free will, but some people just have a rotten uh they're dealt a rotten hand and uh <laughs> <laughs> both literally and figuratively. <laughs> that made me giggle, Michael. <laughs> Great. That was funny. Thank you. It's too bad you. I mean, yes, you should develop that talent. You're crying. Yeah, it just makes me sad to see you know such a young person and you know waste away. Waste away. I feel. Ooh, my kidney feels like it's moving around independently from the rest of my organs right now, like it's grown legs. It's very strange. Anyway, so you, so uh, so Maud, you started doing palm readings in the 60s um, or late 50s yes and that's what you've been doing ever since well yes I I mean at this point I live off of uh, an inheritance I did marry a few more times a few more times mm-hmm. how long did those marriages last uh, various lengths um, oh, I married Shelton after Lou Shelton and that was just oh that was a mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like to talk about him. It was, it was sort of a rebound thing. How long after Lou's passing? A week and a half. Wow. Had, yeah. had you known Shelton? No, he was the mortician who handled oh, uh, my husband, <laughs> uh, Lou. So when did you uh, decide that you had a thing for him when he well, was um, stuffing your husband's ass full of sand? Well, I didn't see that the part where he, you know, prepared the body, but he was just so charming and so, you know, so compassionate, and I, I just needed a shoulder to cry on. Mm, okay, and and a shoulder he did provide. How long did that one last? Well, that one I had a no. It lasted for two years, and then I had it annulled. Um, so, yeah, uh, it it was it was a mistake. Uh, you know, if if there's any young girls out there listening, I just I'd like to say, you know, if you experience a loss of your significant other, do not go right out and get married again to the mortician. Well, just to anyone. I mean, give yourself some time to grieve. Um, you know, learn from my mistake. Good. That's what I would say. Good. Good advice. Um, and so, uh, did you ever get back into burlesque dancing? After after that, well, several years ago, <laughs> I I did. Uh, wow! I in your nineties. Yes, uh, 
I exchange emails I, uh, with Dita Von Teese, who is a very talented burlesque dancer. Because burlesque dancing is kind of bad. Oh, yes. it's. Uh, I love to see swing. it alive again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, she had me come up uh, to one, at one of her shows mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. And uh, I was in a in a martini big martini glass, <laughs> and there are bubbles. Mm-hmm. And I was wearing well, I was wearing a full length dress because I mean I'm hideous at this point. Of oh course. come on! I, no, it's the truth. I mean your body. I'd say make, I'd say the uh, better word is tragic. That's fair. Okay. Uh, and um, I just I I had a little bubble blower. Mm-hmm. And I blew bubbles while I was sitting in the martini glass, uh, full of bubbles. Wow! Yeah, and every and the, everyone went, "Yay!" Look at that old lady in <laughs> a martini yeah. glass. Uh huh. And then did they have context of who you were, or they just saw that you were just some old woman? Well, she announced me, but I don't think anyone uh, at the show was alive, you know, during my heyday. Oh. I thought so. you were going to end that sentence that wasn't alive. So it's a room full of dead people. I was Why would I do that? I don't know. I was confused. That's that seems absurd. Mm-hmm. And in poor taste. But I'm glad that's not what you did. Oh no, I would never do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, I broke my hip backstage when I tried to get out of that huge martini glass. Oh, no. It was slippery because of, you know, covered in bubbles. Was, yeah, absolutely. And um, oh, that was, yeah, that was a tough one to mm-hmm. recover from. Yeah, I'm sure. So no burlesque dancing after that. At, well, no. I mean, I, I mean at that point I was in my late nineties and I'd just broken my hip. Of mm-hmm. course not. I mean, I'm in a wheelchair now. I, yeah. Of course I can't. Hey, I just because you're in a wheelchair doesn't mean you can't dance. It's like it's like Elena and I said earlier. Like, you can do. You can. You, you just gotta try. I have physical limitations at this point that no amount of positive thinking is going to overcome. You know what? That's that's what a negative Nancy sounds like. Well, my name is Maud. Oh. And I you know, I, I believe in the in the power of positive thinking and all that, but a lady also has to know when it's her time to give up the throne, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know, pass the hat to the next generation. Yeah. Very good to know. Well, um, Elena, do you have any questions for uh, dear sweet Maud over here? I don't. Nothing. You even you want to know about about maybe uh, what what where she was born? <laughs> I'd like to know more about that. Where were you? You'd born? like to know where? I, well, I don't remember being born. Um, I don't remember that day. <laughs> were uh, you told about it? I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a twin. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You had a twin. Yes. Uh, but my mother said, two babies is one too many. <laughs> so um, she put her up for adoption. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And? And that's the end of that story. <laughs> you don't know whatever happened to I your, your no twin? I have no idea. She could be out there somewhere. She, and could. she could be. And if so, um, you know, would it be okay if my sister, you know, if you're still out there, I don't even know what her name would be. Uh, my mother said, I'm not even going to name this thing. <laughs> she said, just get it out of here. She meant her vagina. Oh. I think. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I've heard this. my vagina. Know. Yeah. And, um, and then. And my beautiful vagina. I just happened to be born first of the two twins. I was the first out. Mm-hmm. So she kept me. Oh, fair. Well, you got the, you got a. A good hand. Did I? I mean, yeah, my mother me. was. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. My mother. I. 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 I think I've mentioned several times. My mother was quite cruel. I mean, I probably would have enjoyed being adopted. Yeah, but I mean, you never know. You could have been adopted by someone even worse. You could have been adopted by Jerry Springer. Well, I think he, he, is he a bad father? He doesn't seem like a good father to me. He was a mayor of Cincinnati. Uh huh. I, I'm a, I'm familiar with yeah. Jerry. Mm-hmm. I, you know him personally? Oh, I did a lap dance for him once. <laughs> wow. Yes. You can't get more personal than that. Well, you can get a little more personal, but it's pretty <laughs> personal. That's pretty personal. I don't know. I can't think of much that would be more personal than that. Yes. Um. 
So I was born. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, I don't, oh, where was I? Oh, and then I had a twin. And then um, my mother and I, my father, I don't know who my father was. Mm. And if he's still around and he's listening, you know, if he could get in touch with the show, that would be great. Yeah. What would you I'd, say to your father if he was here right now? Hi, Dad. How are you? That's what I'd say. Wow. Yeah. Very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you may have, can I just say something really quickly about my, you may have noticed my voice doesn't have that old lady timber to it. It, it does? It's okay. A bit. Well, I've had some vocal surgeries. Oh. And I would actually like to, uh, I'd like to, I have a, I have a great doctor. Yeah? Yes. What's, what's this doctor's name? Uh, Dr. Jonesmith. Dr. Jones Smith. Uh-huh. And he has done several uh, laser procedures on my vocal cords. Mm-hmm. And um, I now I have the vocal cords of a 26-year-old. <laughs> why, why did you feel the need to get that procedure done? Um, well, he convinced me. Uh, Dr. Jones Smith was... Oh, it's a complicated relationship. Um, one of my daughters was actually married to him, mm-hmm. so he was my son-in-law for a while, oh. and he was trying to start this business. This, I, I mean, and and my daughter Nancy said, you know, listen, nobody's going to come to you for vocal cord rejuvenation. That's not a thing. And he said, oh, I'm going to make it happen. And then they got a divorce and were so angry at each other. And I was just trying to keep the piece and I said all right you can do my vocal cords if this is good and I'll do a testimonial if this goes well so how do you feel about it I don't mean to go off topic I just um well he told me I needed to plug it plug him in these these surgeries so and he's he's my daughter is my caretaker but he helps out a little too and I'm afraid of him so if I'm afraid not not to say nice things. Oh, I'm sorry. So anyway, yes, Dr. Dr. Dan Jonesmith does great work, and please go to him. <laughs> Have you outlived any of your children? Yes. Great. So <laughs> thank you guys so much for being on the show. It has been a wonderful show. Uh, Elena, where can people find more about you? Uh, at my website, www.elenasavard.com. Mm-hmm. You can go there and find her art and her commission inf- information, any information on upcoming shows. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. It's all there. Any social media or anything? Yep. Um, Instagram, C underscore poor. C poor, like S-E-A. Yes. Not C. C. Yeah. Like ocean. Mm-hmm. C poor. <laughs> And uh, yeah, thank you for being on the show, Elena. Thank you, Maud. Any any anything else you'd like to, uh, to present, put out there? Well, just thank you for having me on my hundredth birthday. Yeah, I, happy uh, birthday! I you know, and good luck to you, uh, M- Michael, in your remaining time on this planet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it feels like my kidney has exited my body at this point, but <laughs> I only need. I only need one kidney. Did, have I you say. soiled yourself? I see so, uh, like a puddle of urine, or yeah, but that's not that un- unusual oh, for me. Oh, okay. I'm so, sorry. all right. Well, it has been a great show. We will see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>
Dupree Variety Hour is recorded in WAYN Radio Studio. Please remember to subscribe and review the show on iTunes if you're so inclined. And if you would like to find us on social media, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Michael Dupree VH. The theme song for the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is Don't Weigh Me Down by Broadcast 2000. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.